Shalom, this is Rabbi Brian. If our podcasts have been a blessing to you, will you please consider being a blessing to the nation of Haiti? Mishkan David supports two works of the Lord in Haiti. The first is our Beth Chesed Orphanage, where almost 40 children are cared for and taught about the God of Israel and the Messiah Yeshua. We also support Messianic congregation Mishkan Yeshua Haiti, which is overseen by our own Rabbi Peter Oliveira. Adonai is doing a supernatural work there to bring the love of Yeshua and the restoring power of his Torah to the entire nation. Visit www.torahforhaiti.org. That's www.torah, number four, haiti.org to sponsor a child at our orphanage or to make a one-time tax-deductible donation. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you as you listen to the word delivered at our Mishkan David Shabbat service. Shalom. So Rabbi asked me if I was willing to share. I do believe that we all have the Lord dwelling within us. So I'm of the mind of if I can or if I'm willing, why not? It tends to get me in some situations where I'm not always the most comfortable, but I'm sure there's a blessing in that. So we just want to thank the Lord for all that he does always. As I was meditating on the Torah portion and on what to share, it's always difficult for me. Um, I, uh, I trust, Scripture says that it's up to a man or a woman to prepare their hearts, but for the words the mouth speak are of the Lord. It also says that you can prepare a horse for battle, but the victory comes from the Lord. So the Lord, in my, me and the Lord's relationship, as I attempt to prepare, I'm not the most organized person, he gets rid of all my preparations as I try to build them so that I come up here not really knowing what I'm doing up here, but I'm sure he knows what he's doing up here, so I just thank the Lord for that. This morning, um, little little nuggets of information, little pieces of wisdom were coming to my spirit, and uh, I was asking the Lord, is this, is this it, is this it, is this what I'm supposed to be paying attention to, but to, to, to um, contain the things that the Father is doing, the, the Almighty is doing, it's just, it's, it's impossible, I just, I just feel like it's like putting the universe in a bottle, it, I find it very difficult to grasp one simple truth, one concept to speak on, one, one subject. Um, someone recently told me when I was asking for advice, how do you do it, that everyone sp- speaks to the Lord in their own special ways. They said, you know, I, find, I feel the Lord leads me to a subject, and then around that subject I form a circle of like supporting verses or facts, and then outside of that circle is another circle, and so on and so forth, staying on one set topic. So that became my prayer for the week. What is that cog in the wheel? But I always return to it's him so then the wheel ends up being everything and then I'm left with not knowing what to talk about again so I just thank the Lord for that so I'd like to share share what's what's on my heart I am using scripture to um, try to express what I feel the Lord's putting on my heart it's it's difficult to share scripture, you know, I would just have to, we just have to stay, stand here all day reading the whole book. There's just so much wisdom upon wisdom, just levels and depths, you know, but I, I just feel strongly about what he's putting on my heart, and I hope, that I trust that he will use me as his vessel to, 
to shine his light through to all of you in some way. There's a rabbi by the name Z. Freeman, I've shared this before, that um, says this, Truth is simple. It has no clothes, no neat little box to contain it. But we cannot grasp that which has no box. We cannot perceive truth without clothing. So truth dresses up for us in a story, in sage advice, in a blueprint of the cosmos, in clothes woven from the fabric of truth itself. And then, before we can imagine that we have grasped truth, it switches clothes. It tells us another story, entirely at odds with the first. It tells us new advice to go in a different direction. It provides another model of how things are and in which each thing has changed its place. The fool is confused. He exclaims, truth has lied. The wise person sees within, finds harmony between all the stories, all the advice, every model we are told. For the Torah is a simple, pure light, a truth no box can contain. So I just thank you, Father, for these words. May we, may we, this, these words resonate with us, for we know that you are the way, you are the truth. In this Torah portion, something stood out to me, and I'd like to read that also. Exodus chapter 12, 43, about Adonai's Passover. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this is the regulation for the Passover lamb. No foreigner is to eat it, but if anyone has a slave he bought for money, when you have circumcised him, he may eat it. Neither a traveler nor a hired servant may eat it. It is to be eaten in one house. You are not to take any of the meat outside the house, and you are not to break any of its bones. The whole community of Israel, the whole community of Israel is to keep it. If a foreigner staying with you wants to observe Adonai's Pesach, the Lord's Passover, all his males must be circumcised. Then he may take part and observe it. He will be like a citizen of the land, but no uncircumcised person is to eat it. The same teaching is to apply equally to the citizen and to the foreigner living among you. Praise the Lord. When I, when I read Torah under the light of Yeshua, for as the song said, he is the light that drives out the darkness, I find that every cycle as we read through these portions, a new... A new reflection of that light is shined on something differently and it stands out to me in a way that I had not seen previously but it always comes back to the same thing which is us but not us individually us as echad as one but echad is plural so even though we are all separate and we are all reflections and we are all an expression of the father that is different and there are no two people that are the same we are still one and still in this we have this unity I find it very interesting in this paragraph here, how it gives specific rules and regulations on who is supposed to eat it. But then it appears that directly afterwards it makes an exception to those rules, allowing those very people who had just said should not eat it 
that he makes a way for them to eat it. I just thank the Lord that in the, under the light of Yeshua and the revelation that was given to those in the New Testament time period, the, this progressive revelation that he continues to reveal to us more and more as time goes on, he does not change, but it's just a different aspect of him. It's this truth that is clothed in a different outfit. May, may we not get hung up on the outfit that he once showed us. Because as soon as you think you've captured it in your hands, when you peek to see what it was that he had given you, it's already gone back to its part of the plan. It's already moved on to the next thing. So we know that scripturally, what ultimately is dear to the Lord is not a person who, as the scripture says, a Jew is a Jew outwardly, but one inwardly. What I believe this means to me is who is truly seeking the Lord's face, who is truly desiring to know him more intimately, who is truly feeling his spirit calling their heart, calling their soul, calling their every being, that there is something within them that they cannot deny, that they cannot fully understand, fully cannot comprehend, but they have accepted the fact that it's beyond themselves. It says, I believe in Romans, that everyone has an understanding of this infinite, of this eternal, but some of us suppress that. We deny that. May we never deny that. May we embrace the fact that he is that part of us. And it says that, some people say it's a void. It's a, there's this missing part, and it's the Lord in our life. I tell you, it's not missing. It's there. We just refuse to acknowledge it. It's this spark of life. It's that, it's that breath, as the song said, that he's breathed into us. I thank you, Lord. Um, Romans, in chapter 2, it says, For the circumci circumcision is indeed of value, if you do what Torah says. But if you are a transgressor, transgressor of Torah, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the Torah, won't his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? Indeed, the man who is physically uncircumcised but obeys the Torah will stand as a judgment on you who have had the circumcision and have the Torah written out but violate it. For the real Jew is not merely Jewish outwardly. True circumcision is not only external and physical. On the contrary, the real Jew is one inwardly. And true circumcision is of the heart. Spiritual, not literal, so that his praise comes not from other people, but from God. I do not believe this takes away from the word of God. I've, I feel this embraces the word of God. I don't say this so we can look to our brothers and our sisters and say, they're the ones who think that their physical circumcision is what's saving them or making them righteous or, or delivering them. I say this so that we reflect these things upon ourselves and our own lives. I find many a times that so many people that I have the opportunity and the privilege to speak with take scripture that I, I truly feel in my spirit deep within me 
that the Father wants us to turn inwardly upon ourselves for self-examination, for purification, for walking in righteousness so we can better understand him. We can change what we can change and we can go before him. We take those things and we look at each other and we condemn each other. I love what Paul shared about um, the communion or about, you know, the cup and the wine. And it, and it said, Paul, you mind bringing it back up real fast? It said, um, I'll just look at it so I don't mess it up. Right, right here. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. As Paul was speaking this to me, I, I felt it tied into everything the Lord was showing me. And discerning the body, who is the body? Scripture says that we are the body, collectively, all of us. If you are not being mindful of the remainder, the rest of the body, you eat and drink judgment upon yourselves. Discerning is knowing like right from wrong, and I understand. But I, I believe that there's too many of us looking at their brother and discerning wickedness or, or, or speaking death or curse over each other. Now I understand there, this, this God, this all powerful being who created us has a system in place. He has a purpose for our lives. He has rules and regulations. He wants us to understand him more intimately. But ultimately, it's because he's molding me into his image. And I believe that we should be focused more about what he's doing in ourselves because truly when we put him at the center, that cog in the wheel, we see how our brothers and our sisters are all part of the plan, no matter where they are. Because who am I to speak condemnation upon someone else when at some point in my life I was in that same situation? May we not forget that he died for our sins also. It says in um, 2 Peter, this is a chapter I feel is relevant. Should have bookmarked it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Second Peter chapter one. This is what Peter says. From Peter, he he calls himself a slave and an emissary of Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. And just to go on a slight tangent, don't get so hung up on the words. God is beyond words, beyond languages, beyond colors, beyond all things. So in this translation, if it says Yeshua the Messiah, and your translation says Jesus the Christ, if we look a little bit more closely, those words ultimately mean the same. They're talking about the same person. They mean the same thing. I don't feel we should condemn those who call him Jesus. If there's an opportunity in humility and truth and in love to receive each other and have a conversation, don't let that conversation be had. But ultimately... The, these little minuscule things, I, I do not believe it's from the Father. I do not believe it's in his divine purpose for us to nitpick and grab, try to stick our finger to pull out every little speck in the other person's eye when we have the log in our own. To those who, through the righteousness of our God and our deliverer, Yeshua the Messiah, have been given the same kind of trust as ours, may grace and peace be yours in full measure. As you come to full knowledge of God and of Yeshua, our Lord, God's power has given us everything we need for life. Everything we need for life and godliness. 
through our knowing the one who called us to his own glory and goodness. By these, he has given us valuable and superlatively great promises, so that through them you may come to share in God's nature. So that through them you might come to share in God's nature and escape the corruption which evil desires have brought into the world. For this very reason, try your hardest to furnish your faith in goodness, with goodness. Goodness with knowledge. Knowledge with self-control. Self-control with perseverance. Perseverance with godliness. What comes after godliness? Godliness with brotherly affection. And after brotherly affection comes love. For if you have these qualities in abundance, they keep you from being barren and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. Indeed, whoever lacks them is blind. Whoever lacks goodness, whoever lacks knowledge, whoever lacks self-control, whoever lacks perseverance, godliness, brotherly affection, and love is blind. I don't say this so we could think of someone in our mind who lacks these things. I say this for myself. If I lack these things, Scripture tells me that I'm blind and I'm so short-sighted that I have forgotten that my past sins have been washed away. Therefore, brothers and sisters, try even harder to make your being called and chosen a certainty. How can we make being, us being called and chosen a certainty? If he, the Lord speaks it into existence, it exists. But here it says we need to make sure it's a certainty. May there be no doubt in our minds. For if you keep doing this, you will never stumble. Thus you will be generously supplied with everything you need to enter the eternal kingdom of our Lord and deliverer Yeshua the Messiah. For this reason, and this is my prayer also, for this reason, I will always remind you about these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you already have. And I consider it right to keep stirring you up with reminders as long as I am in this tent of a body. I know that I will soon lay aside this tent of mine as our Lord Yeshua the Messiah has made clear to me and I will do my best to see that after my exodus, you will be able to remember these things at all times. Things uh, in scripture, different chapters, different paragraphs, different words, different sentences. As I read them, so I find myself being drawn to them more closely, more intimately, the Lord is saying, stop, wait here. It's not how fast you read it. It's not how much you read. It's not how many times you read it. It's how you read it. There's a difference between hearing someone speak, listening to someone speak, and understanding what they're speaking. The Lord is calling us to hear his voice, yes. Now we need to listen to his voice. And when we draw near to his voice, he wants us to understand what he is saying, to grasp his nature, to grasp his, his character, to understand the wisdom of the scripture, the wisdom of the ages. I believe if 
I was dropped in an island somewhere with nothing, no book or anything, the Lord would still be there with me. The Lord would teach me, will teach me how he desires to teach me. He desires to teach us all where we are. There was a time when I may have read more, may have read less, may have read not at all. May have had no Bible, may have had 12 Bibles, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be someone who has more than you if you're looking at it that way. But we ultimately know that God provides all things. There is no difference between me and any one of you or you and myself. There is no difference, I feel, between me and the nurse in the hospital, the man at the gas station, the, the homeless man on the corner. The difference is the way we look at each other. But ultimately, are we not all naked? If we acknowledge that God is ultimately one, God is sovereign, and he has brought me here to where I stand, and at the same time he's brought you to where you stand. One day you may be here and I may be there, or that day might have already happened. But he sees us at the goal. We need to stop trying to make clothing for ourselves out of the leaves in the garden and accept the sacrifice that God has already provided us. Adam and Eve didn't understand what they were doing, but I believe God understood what he was doing. We find something and think we have a handle on it, and we want to wrap ourselves in that. If you remember the story, when the father comes, he's, what are you guys doing? And he's the one who provides the sacrifice. Is that not what he's doing today? Is that not what he's doing right now? Throughout Scripture, especially the New Testament, there's lists of things like this in Peter where it spoke of faith and virtue and knowledge and self-control. In Galatians, it says, the fruit of the Spirit, our love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. I, I, I've heard many a times individuals say, that person's not bearing any fruit. I don't believe the Lord's showing me what the fruit of the Spirit is so that I can count how many fruits are hanging off your branch. I believe he's showing me what the fruits of the Spirit is. So he's saying, Nathan, this is how I know you will love me, or you love me, by those who keep my commandments, by you, you exhibit these characteristics. You understand who I am and what I am doing. Someone could tell you all about me from the moment I was born to the moment I die. But unless you have a relationship with me, you will not truly know who I am and what I stand for. Philippians, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worth praise, worthy of praise, think about these things. Romans, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Colossians, put on then... As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of the Lord rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. I find it interesting how it says to put on love, 
But in another scripture, it talks about pull it, putting on Messiah, putting on the Lord. It says here that these are the love is which binds everything together in perfect harmony. But is not Yeshua is not the Lord what binds everything together in perfect harmony? So what is, what is the Father truly calling us to do? What is he truly saying to us? 1 John, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Thank you, Lord. May this word resonate with our hearts, with our spirits. First Corinthians 12. There are, different, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit gives them. Also, there are different ways of serving, but in the same Lord being served, there are different modes of working, but it's the same God working them all in everyone. Moreover, to each person is given the particular manifestation of the Spirit that will be for the common good. To one through the Spirit is given a word of wisdom, to another a word of knowledge in accordance with the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to judge between spirits, to another the ability to speak in different kinds of tongues, and to yet another the ability to interpret tongues. One and the same spirit is at work in all these things, distributing to each person as he chooses. For just as the body is one, but has many parts, and all the parts of the body Though many constitute one body, so it is with the Messiah, for it is with him. For it was by one spirit that we were all immersed into one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free. We were all given the one spirit to drink. For indeed the body is not one part but many. If the foot says, I am not a hand, so I'm not part of the body, that doesn't make it stop being part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not an eye, so I'm not part of the body, that doesn't make it stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? If it were all hearing, how could it smell? But as it is, God arranged each of the parts in the body exactly as he wanted them exactly as he wanted them. You know, if they were all just one part, where would the body be? If everyone was the same, if we all could be twins, where would the body be? Where would the individuality be? It calls each, the scripture talks of us speaking of each other as brothers and sisters. It doesn't say twins. It doesn't say clones. That means there are similarities and there are differences. But we are called to work together. But as it is, there are indeed many parts, yet just one body. So that I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or the head to the feet, I don't need you. 
On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be less important turn out to be all the more necessary. And upon body parts which we consider less dignified, we bestow greater dignity. And the parts that aren't attractive are the ones we make as attractive as we can, while our attractive parts have no need for such treatment. Indeed, God has put the body together in such a way that he gives greater dignity to the parts that lack it, so that there will be no disagreements within the body. There will be no disagreements within the body, but rather all the parts will be equally concerned for all the others. Thus, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts share in its happiness. May it be so. May it be so. Thank you, Lord. Sanctify them in truth and in your word. For you are truth. You are the word. John says, in the beginning was the word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You continually dwell among us. For seeing all of your faces is like seeing the face of God. Is that not the revelation in Scripture? To try to continue to talk about these things almost seems pointless. These are all things we know. I haven't said anything here that you don't know. And if it's something you believe you never heard, I'm sure deep down inside these are principles that you already know to be true. That's just how he is. That's how he works. That's how he operates. Most individuals will admit the golden rule to be the case. We should treat each other how we would like to be treated. Most systems in the world, most laws and rules, all could be summed up with the two, the two greatest commandments, the two greatest laws. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything else hangs from that. When he said the law hangs from that, I do not believe it's confi confined by the book. All the laws hang from that. And if you operate within the Torah that brings life and brings truth like our Messiah did, it will bring life. It will bring truth. It will shine light. It will redeem your brother. It will redeem your sister. It will redeem your family, your marriage, in a way you may not be able to comprehend, in a way you don't foresee. It's not our place to foresee. It's not our place to condemn. It says that those that we forgive, he forgives. Those we bless, he'll bless. Why we go around cursing each other and holding grudges? There was a point in my life where I had to get to, that I had to get to where I had to stop trying so hard. I had to stop trying to understand. I had to stop trying to know, to figure out 
Does that take away from what I have learned now? No, it amplifies that. It fulfills that, if you will. And when I look back, if I can go back in time, I would change you know, all those mistakes I made. If I could go back in time, I wouldn't have done that. I don't say that no more. He has revealed to me, if I could go back in time, I would go do the same exact thing. Give us Barabbas. Don't think you weren't there yelling it too. We were all there. It's his plan. Why? Because the Father loves Barabbas also. And if that we got Messiah at that moment, we wouldn't have got Messiah in this moment. And good thing it's not in our control. Let us not forget that our sins have also been forgiven and washed away. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Trying to focus on one aspect of him is very difficult for me. Because everything leads to something else. That leads to something else. He is in all things. All things were created by him and through him. You know, may the Lord bless those who can stay straight on the topic. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Second Timothy, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. It says all scripture. So may we see him in all the scriptures. May we not disregard any part. May we not skip over any sentence, any word for you. Do not know the way he will reveal himself to you in every speck, every inch of his word, but not just the word that this book, his word all around us. For he is the one that created all the things we see. I like to try to explain something that I find fascinating that I was looking, the Lord put on my heart earlier this week and I was looking into. We see everything in three dimensions. Everything we see has, is three-dimensional. To grasp something with less dimensions is easy for something with more dimensions. For something, if something was one-dimensional, it's hard for it to understand something that would be three-dimensional. But something that is three-dimensional can understand what is one-dimensional. The reason I explain this is because I feel that this is a good example of God, that what we are trying to grasp. So something with one dimension, in my understanding, would be like a dot. There's no direction. It would be as if, if you remember older computers, you could see the little squares. It'd be like just one square just floating. Now we know that is easy to comprehend. Something with two dimensions would add a surface. It would be like the projector. There's a plane within where that object would be, and now that object is able to move up, down, left, and right. So it would be like if the mouse were on the screen moving around, that is two-dimensional. Now for something to be three-dimensional, it's what we see around us. So how would a two-dimensional 
being perceives something that is three-dimensional. For the three-dimensional object is outside of that plane. I'm outside of the projector. I could see the projector. I could see what's going on. I could see the mouse move around. I can move through this. But a three-dimensional object would actually be able to physically move through the second dimension. So as it would move through that, though, the only thing something in the two-dimension would be able to see is what is on that plane. So if I were to stick my arm through, it would only see the part of that section that would actually pierce through that realm, if you will, through, through that space. It is believed that there's at least a fourth dimension by a lot of scientists and even beyond that. But with this basic concept, if God is something beyond those things, we only understand what he allows us to understand. We only see what he reveals to us as if I were to reveal myself to the mouse on the screen by placing my hand there and now it sees my handprint. Or in scripture when he writes his finger on the wall. Or when you see that person in the, in the furnace. Just because we don't see it there at times does not mean it's no longer there. He says and he promises that he's there. Sometimes these concepts are hard to grasp. But that doesn't stop him from being there. It doesn't stop him from grasping them. We, we need to trust that when there's times where we don't see him as much, he's there just as much. And when we see him more, he's there just as much. I heard one person say one time, it's, there's, it's only good and very good. When we acknowledge that in our lives and around us, even when things are going horrible, it's either good or very good because it all comes from him. I believe that will change our attitude and our perception a lot more on our situations, a lot more on how we receive each other, how, how we work together as one body. So I just want to thank the Lord for all that he does. I just thank the Lord for what he's done in my life, in this moment in time, and in every moment in time and beyond. I thank the Lord for what he's doing for you, each as an individual, in this very moment in time as the words that I speak come out of my mouth and into every moment in time and beyond. For he sees us at the goal. So may you be blessed here and now and may you be blessed when you are doing the things that you've done in the past or what you, may, you will do in the future. Come to the revelation that God placed you in a place for a reason. He is molding you into his image for a reason, for a purpose. We are living stones, building a temple of the Most High. But is he not here already? So may the Lord continue to just bless you in all that you do. May we continue to be mindful of him in all that we do. We thank you, Father, for creating us mindful, conscious, knowing that you exist and you dwell within our midst. May we give up our understanding and in all of our ways acknowledge you. In Yeshua's name, amen.